On April 13, 2021, Louisiana experienced one of its worst maritime disasters ever when the Seacor Power lift boat capsized in the Gulf of Mexico with 19 people on board. I'm your host, Tracy Wirtz, and today we talk with Scott Daspit, who is not only the face of the search and rescue effort, he's also the father of one of the missing crew members, Dylan Daspit. Our exclusive interview now on 10 Talks Acadiana. 10 Talks Acadiana. The podcast powered by KLFY.com. We are visiting today with Mr. Scott Daspit. Uh, we are all very familiar with the Seacorp Power lift boat that capsized south of Port Fouchon uh, with 19 crew members aboard on April the 13th. Mr. Daspit's son was um, or is among the people who are missing. Uh, just to bring you up to speed, we had Mr. Daspit help me out with numbers here. We had six people who were rescued. Yes, ma'am. Six people who are deceased. Yes, ma'am. And then uh, the remainder um, are still missing, including your son. Yes, ma'am. Uh, also, just to make sure that we include everyone, Cooper Rosans of Homa, Darren Ancolade of Bell Chase, Jason Krell of Texas, Gregory Walcott of Abbeville, Chaz Morales of Slidell, Jake Guevara of Lafayette, and of course, 30-year-old Dylan Daspit of Bro Bridge. First of all, thank of you. Of so New Iberia. Oh, New Iberia. It yes, says Bro Bridge. I apologize. Yeah. No, that's okay. Uh, so of New Iberia. So uh, again, apologies. First of all, go ahead for nuts and bolts reasons. Bring us up to date on the search. Where are you guys today? Uh, actually, we've um, today we are now in a Cocodri area on the southern side of Cocodri, just uh, going through all the islands. Actually, what we found, it's been it's a smaller group of people and you know people have to work so a lot of people come and go and um, we're able to actually search a lot of the pipeline canals where the, where there's a ridge because what we're finding out some of the debris has washed in as far as five miles and um, you know we uh, have drones that have been flying uh, thanks to a gentleman in Morgan City and um, he'll spot something and we take off to it and find out if it's one of ours or whatever but and then also uh, utilizing that idea of the debris washed up along some of these ridges are actually um, there are survivable areas so mm -hmm. looking under the trees under the debris moving things around and you know if we if we can find somebody that's still surviving, wonderful. If not, hopefully we can find some closure to some family. I so that's where we are in Cocodri area right now. Now, from what I understand, you guys have circled back to some areas that you've been that, to, correct? That this is the second time we're back at Cocodri. We started in Fouchon. Well, I started flying um, the week of mm -hmm. and uh, flew. Uh, we've flown all the way to Pecan Island. Um, I had a, have some good friends from Beaumont. They flew from High Island, Texas to Sabine. Um, there's a team from uh, Texas used a bunch of four wheelers. They rode the coast and um, yeah, so there's, uh, we've, we've done a lot of uh, searching. And uh, like I said, we started in Fouchon, went to Cocodri because one of the very first Good Samaritan vessels 
was very adamant about the winds and the seas were going north northwest. Mm -hmm. So utilizing that that conversation, which we stumbled on a lot of the the debris north northwest, which is south of the Kokodri area. And then the last gentleman found that was deceased was on one of the Timberlair Islands. So you kind of narrow things down and. Um, you know, you just try, it's just a, the marsh is so vast, it's right. broke up, there's a lot of area to, to cover and doing the best we can. Now, you mentioned, you know, people come and they've gone and, and so forth, and, and that's obvious, obviously understandable. Uh, roughly how many people are involved in the search right now? Are there any organizations that are involved? Who is who is doing the searching well, right now? Well, the, the, the searching right now is a, a core group that started with us from the very beginning not affiliated with uh, United Cajun Navy. It's a group of actual volunteers that started from the beginning and still with us. There's about 15 of us. And uh, we just, um, actually with the smaller groups, we only have a couple of boats and we're able to split up and really organize a lot better and search the terrain a lot better as opposed to just riding around in boats and whatnot. But at the beginning, I mean, it was necessary. That's but right. we're so far into it in, in the amount of days, it's um, yeah, just kind of hoping for a miracle, you know? Yeah. No, I can, I can imagine, and, and we're all helping to pray for that. Um, are any of the other family members of other men who are missing helping you guys out? Yes, ma'am. There's a um, Marion. Um, she's um, Chad Morales' fiance, mm -hmm. and um, she's 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 been a trooper, and I tell you, there's been a lot of ladies that have been showing up, and. I look back and they right behind me. So yes, it's been uh, it's been it's like um, we got a lot bigger family now. Yeah, there's got to be comfort in that. Yes, ma'am. Because I need to ask this question. I know that you guys had a lot of issues with the United Cajun Navy. There were some things that needed resolution. Have you guys been able to resolve those things? No, ma'am. Okay. No, I asked for transparency and it hasn't happened. Um, you know, he's, uh, he's claimed I've tried to um, cyber-stalk him. <laughs> First time I had Facebook was just a few weeks ago. Uh, somebody opened one up for me specifically for this particular thing. Um, and as far as uh, uh, trying to extort him, no, that's, that was never my intent. And, um, you know, I've been on my own for 35 years. I've worked for a lot of different people. And uh, I've yet to have any lien put against me like him and his other partners. So, I mean, you know, all he has to do is come forward and uh, hasn't happened. So, you know, you talked about a smaller group of volunteers. How, now we know about the, uh, the two nonprofits that, that, are, that exist. Yes, The one that helps the families and the other one for the search. Yes, ma'am. Have you guys been able to cover that with donations? How are those yes, efforts going? Yes, ma'am. And, and, and uh, Lift Acadiana started just for the original five members from the Acadiana area. And uh, um, myself and, and those particular partners got together and I said, you know, it, it, it's, it's unfortunate. We're searching for everybody, mm -hmm. you know, all seven. Um, there's deceased, so so kind of what has transpired since then. It's left Acadiana, but um, it's actually for all 13. Um, and the same thing with Gulf Coast humanitarian efforts. It's it's, and we have some donations coming in, and um, it's helping us pay for a lot of the fuel, and and we've had donations a lot of 
Um, all few people have actually um, donated their vessels for us, and that's how we're moving around. And um, it's, it's been, even though there's been a, um, a negative aspect to it, there's been a lot of positive. Now you mentioned, and this isn't on my list of questions, but it, it, it's intriguing to me. You said a lot of oil fuel companies or oil fuel related companies have reached out. Um, what has the reception or the support been like from the oil fuel community? Well, it's been, um, it's, it's been really good. Um, and I'll give you one, there's one gentleman that, that started searching from the beginning and, and uh, I mean, he was go-getter. We were really searching hard and um, after about one week, he pulled me aside and, and asked me not to have anything against him. And I said, uh, what do you mean? He says, well, I work for Talus Energy. And I, I just want you to understand that I'm just, uh, I'm sorry for what happened. He said, there's a lot of us out there. And since then, you know, Cardinal, um, who Dylan works for, Dylan and Jay, had a crew working a half a mile away. So they saw the weather coming. Um, they actually saw the disaster and they actually heard, um, that particular crew um, heard uh, the calls of help from from the other cardinal guy and um, when you hear that it just pulls your insides out and uh, those guys everybody offshore and I want to thank Cox operating because in for 48 hours we had no clue we were calling hospitals we were calling the Coast Guard we were call we weren't getting any information Cox operating who I used to work for actually put me on one of their vessels and brought me out to the location and Coast Guard stopped us a half a mile away but I was able to get pictures and it gave me some satisfaction to know that the, the captain actually turned the vessel. He was go trying to get back to port and along with extending his legs. So he was obviously trying to do what needed to be done to save his crew. It was just a freak weather storm. We, we don't know, but you know, there were uh, weather uh, reports earlier that day, but as the captain with Coast Guard from uh, New Orleans stated, um, there was no bulletin uh, that went out in that particular area. Channel, uh, you're supposed to monitor the channels on, on all the vessels and no weather bulletin went out. And the guys, you know, a lot of people on the platforms could see it coming. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot, of, a lot of people on the platforms, a lot of people in the Gulf have reached out and, you know, quite honestly, a lot of them are uh, second guessing uh, working out there because if, if this happens to them, is the Coast Guard gonna react to them the same way? I mean, think about it three of our guys were left out there. Yeah. You know, so a lot's gonna, uh, a lot's gonna come out of this, I guarantee you. And I wanna talk about the Coast Guard and stuff, but I wanna circle back to what you said, just to make sure that we give, uh, we paint a picture of the, uh, of everything we need to paint here. So Talus, we see, we hear C-Core Power, we hear Talus Energy, we hear Cardinal. Okay, you know, I, I, I've been in the, I'm, I'm an oil field family, so I kind of know that there's all sorts of relationships. Right. Explain to us how okay. that all breaks it, down. It'll kind of, the, the easiest way to do it for, for the layperson is, um, um, the, the, it's kind of like a pyramid. Mm -hmm. The top of the pyramid is Talus Energy. And a lot of it is called custody control. They have contracts with Secor, with, um, with um, Frugo Chance. There was two gentlemen with them. Um, then uh, major equipment and and Cardinal. Uh, anybody that works in the industry, they have all these uh, uh, contracts in place. So technically, it's custody control, 
And then under that, the vessel, which is C-Corps, which everybody's equipment was on, mm -hmm. such as Cardinal, Major Equipment, and, and the Frugo guys. Um, and they, the, the Frugo guys are there to make sure that the, the jack up, the lift boat, does not put their legs in the same hole as a previous work. So that's what they were there. So they were only there to get there, survey the ground, orientate the, the vessel, and then that was it. Fly in. Right. Then the night crew for Cardinal was probably going to fly out at that time. So it's it's so it so, so let's Talis get back. Talus is the is the top. They I mean, contracted. is the owner of the oil and gas well that they were going to work on. Okay, so they were on their way to work on a well. The Sea Corps owns the boat. That is correct. And the gentleman on that boat the majority of them work for any of these service companies. That is correct. Okay. Well, well, uh, based, let, let's just say uh, a certain amount of them work for C Corp. Right. And then the rest of them were third party is what we right. call okay. it. Okay, that makes sense to me. Now, you talked about, and I, and I was, I've been trying to figure this out, and again, just to understand what's going on. He was trying to put the legs down. Was that to stabilize the boat? Yes, ma'am. They were only in 55 foot of water. So once once th those particular jackups are only good for five to seven foot seas max. Well, here it is. They come in with some 10, 12 foot seas. And, you know, he probably realized, oh, Lord, you know, it, it, but if he could have extended the legs quick enough and got above the water, that's why we work off of jackups. So you can get out the water and, and, and work and you don't have to shut down. Whereas if you work on a barge or something, it's always floating. You got a lot right. of downtime. And as it is on a jackup, you got a lot of downtime because of the crane issues and, and just the stability of the actual lift boat. So, um, you know, there's, uh, there's a lot of variables involved. Well, I appreciate you explaining that because I know that a lot of lay people, you know, myself included, didn't quite understand all that. So let's go back to, first of all, information, help, et cetera, that you may have gotten from, let's start with the Coast Guard. How has that relationship been? Because you mentioned that you didn't get a lot of, of information to begin with. We've all heard the stories about they were there and they left that's, before that's they got everyone. Explain to us what your experience has been well, from then until now. Um, obviously, like I said, the first 48 hours, we, we, we were calling, 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 wasn't getting any response. Called uh, C Corp, um, wasn't getting any response. Called Talus, it went straight to uh, uh, answering service. Um, then uh, uh, the Coast Guard, uh, as it stands by the Good Samaritans, um, you know, they claim they got there in a, a relatively short period of time, which is not quite correct. Um, Number two, um, we all saw the infrared images, and one of the gentlemen that came off the, the vessel was a cardinal hand that was actually rescued. And the other three, we, we really, one we know for sure who it was. The other two, we, we, we don't know. Um, and the, I specifically asked the uh, the captain, well, somebody here that asked the captain in, at Coast Guard, why did the Kyle Harris leave the location? And the answer was because there was a critically injured person on there. Well, come to find out, the Kyle Harris, as I understand it, was just on sea trial. So if it was just on sea trial, it wasn't fully manned, wasn't fully staffed. And, and when you watch them throw a hammer at the hull of the boat with a, with a rope, that, that gives you... I, 
it's uh, it's been a debacle from the beginning. Uh, that's the easiest way I'm gonna put it. And um, when I specifically in one of the family me uh, meetings, the very first meeting, uh, I asked the captain from New Orleans, was this site federalized? He never answered the question. Then I went on to, well, where were the swimmers? Where were the helicopters to save our people? We in charge of search and rescue, divers or for Sea Corp. So it, it automatically started shifting the narrative as opposed to answer my question. Then um, the, the, the next situation at hand is uh, I actually, later on in the meeting, I asked the lieutenant, where were the helicopters? Well, as a father, uh, the lieutenant actually, they were tied up in bell chase, waiting on a storm. But yet, they, you know, they, they, everybody watches the, uh, uh, the crab shows, the North Sea, and to be tied up, and, and we have three possible survivors that were on that vessel till 1.30. Now think about this, the vessel, uh, there's a text message from one of the cardinal guys that it happened at 3.46. Our Jacob just flipped. Now, guys in the all field have a tendency of joking with each other quite often, and the guy thought it was a joke. Come to find out it wasn't. So 3.46, and this particular, these vessels have a device on them. The minute it starts listing too much, it alerts the command center in New Orleans, and uh, it did alert, but the timing that it was just never it, there's a lot of questions there's a lot of captains that are seaworthy that feel like there's a lot of issues and uh, one of them was actually escorted out of a, a particular meeting um, because it's it's well known there's there's issues there's a lot of fishermen that don't even count on the Coast Guard Be why because of things of this nature um, now they're not all that that way I'm, I'm you know obviously but uh there needs to be um something needs to be looked into i can tell you that we we need answers quest to certain questions and uh not not um sugarcoat things i want the truth simple as that and if things have to change by law or whatever you know in the oil and gas we always come up situations that are life and death and if you don't do things quite right the very first time, well, it's gonna be a horrible ending. Well, the same things apply here. Why do we have to go through a big old um, manual, follow A, B, and C, when we're 50 days and the vessel's still not up? In Fouchon, that was a huge crane. Why not get this crane and pick up the vessel? Let's, 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 let's get our remains if possible, you know? And, and today, here we are. Do now do do they believe? Do you believe that there are still people on that boat, or did they clear the entire vessel? According to the dive team, uh, um, they the interesting thing is it took them a lot longer to go through the very first sweep of the boat, and then they swept it again, which didn't take quite as long. So it kind of gives you pause. Well, why did it take? not as long the second time as why wasn't it as thorough but um quite most of the families feel like there's uh, there's uh maybe three four possibly still in the vessel and you know 
three or four we might not ever find. Yeah. The seal will uh, have them. Um, the one good thing is shrimp and season open. And as horrible as, as this sounds, no, um, you know, maybe maybe somebody will be found by virtue of uh, the, the, the shrimp boats, you know, and we can bring closure to somebody's family. Um, and, and that's been uh, my mission from the beginning. Let's bring somebody home, and, you know, including Dylan. Was, and I think it's because it was federal waters that they weren't, but the wildlife and fisheries has not been involved, huh? No, I have to say, I've spoken to the secretary myself, and um, he was very gracious. Jack Monase? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And he was very gracious. When we were first searching in Cocodri, he had, I think it was two planes flying over us. Um, Terrebonne Parish, Lafouche Parish, their vessels were in the water um, when they could. Right. Because you got to remember the first week the seas were, I mean, this, this was uh, one of the situations. It's always been the seas current and because where they're at, the mouth of uh, Bell Pass is, is so there's so much current and then the, the islands and um, long story short, Terrebonne Parish, Lafouche Parish, the Secretary of State uh, for Wildlife and Fisheries, they actually, uh, when we moved to Marsh Island, Marsh Island is a refuge, so we had to be careful. We couldn't run the airboats, we couldn't do certain things, but they ran their airboats. They flew over with us. Uh, so, you know, I gotta say, Wildlife and Fisheries, Terrebonne Parish, Water Patrol, same thing with Lafouche Parish, they, they've been of a million. Actually sent out uh, some some vessels uh, searching for Million Bay, and um, yeah, I mean, th yeah, th a lot of people uh, showed up to help. And that was more of a courtesy, I would think. Oh well, that and uh, the next thing is if um, if uh, uh, if somebody was found, it's 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 something that the Wildlife and Fisheries and the Water Patrols are in charge of. Yeah. Let's talk. You said that you've recently spoken to NTSB. What, yes, what are they telling you? Huh. Uh, now, the national, let me just to bring everybody up to speed, the National Transportation and Safety Board is going to investigate right. what happened, correct? Right. And, okay. and, and, and that's one of the issues at hand is um, every day we get a text, two-line text from CCOR, um, and it's either bad weather, waiting on this, waiting on that, and they'll give us a little identity of, of what's going on, but never, never, hey, we, we did this, we did, um, uh, we, the only reason we knew that the hole was either cut, ripped, or whatever, is because we went out there yesterday, and again today, um, day before yesterday, and yet. Um, so, um, there's a lot of truth that has been uh, not exactly uh, presented like it's supposed to be. And um, that's, that's as a father, as um, trying to search on, on our part, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty aggravating to know that they can't even give us a timeline of, oh, we're gonna do this, this. The original thing was they were gonna, they were gonna pick up all the debris, um, meaning all the third party equipment and everything, and then turn around and pick up the vessel. Now. I uh, spoke to one of the C Corp guys and it's changed. Not a vessel's coming out. And it, 
and as we get to the dock and we find out what's, yeah, there, there's other pieces of equipment that's at the dock that's been recovered, but we don't know about it, but only because we, we, we want to know. They are bringing the boat back though, right? Right now? Well, or, or and that, that's currently? another debacle. Um, um, they are supposed to use uh, some airbags, if you will, mm -hmm. that are going to help float the vessel and then slide a big offshore barge under it and then right the vessel and level off the barge and bring it to a secure site at Fouchon. Now, all of a sudden, they want to bring it to Terrebonne. Why they want to bring it to Terrebonne? This happened in Lafouche Parish. Why not leave it right there in Lafouche? They got to go all the way across to Terrebonne. But when you think about it, Terrebonne is C Corp's um, Marine Division is in Homa which is Terrebonne Parish. So I, I, I'm not understanding. Why not just leave it right there in Fouchon and let uh, NTSB do what they have to do once the record? And, that, and that's another issue in itself. Laws have to change because, believe it or not, now that all this has come about, doing research, the aviation industry has a lot of, a lot of uh, laws on the book. You have to do certain things. Same thing with railroad, not quite as stringent. Marine, it, it's hardly nothing. And the point is, um, NTSB can say, look, Secor, you need to tell the families more what's going on. There's no law to back it. So they just put these little general vague things out and hopefully it satisfies the families. But those laws or, exist for the airline industry? That is correct. Okay. And some of them exist for the railroad, but not, not the Marine. So, you know... Um, that's going to be something that uh, myself and the family is going to have to follow through with. And, you know, from the very beginning, uh, I'm, I, I, and I stand firm in this, is something good's got to come out of this. And um, it doesn't mean changing laws, going to Washington, wh whatever it takes. And I got to tell you, Clay Higgins, Blake Miguez, um, Senator Kennedy, they've been very, very helpful. They respond to my texts. Um, phone calls, and um, those those guys have been doing all they can to help us, um, and and it's only because of them coming forward has given me some insight as to some of the laws and, and everything, and it, it just has to be uh, uh, things have to change. I mean, we, we we can't when you put this in perspective, and I'm sure a lot of people have. I've said this more than once. The, the Horizon disaster made national news for so many months probably because it was an environmental issue. 11 men lost their life. 19 people on this vessel, we're gonna have 13. The net loss of life is gonna be worse in this, and it, 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 it lost its traction a long time ago. You know, and, and it's horrible. And especially to know that our federal government sent people to Indonesia to help a submarine when our people were here, that, I mean, that's, that, that really, uh, that was a stab in the heart. But that's how politics go. Any other new information that you've gotten, you know, it, and, and you, you said it so very well, you know, you had, the, you had the, 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 the capsizing. For the remaining weeks, you know, things were happening, we were hearing things, et cetera, and then it kind of dropped off the radar. Um, because I guess life happens and the world turns, but yours has still been turning in this environment 
There's, you yeah, know, there's several, a lot of us. What know. information would you like to share with folks that maybe they don't know at this point? Um, phew, that, 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 there's a lot of it. Uh, basically, uh, transparency. You know, I, I, I want, um, you know, I had to ask the questions. Who were they working for? Nope, it was all C-Corps, C-Corps. Well, at one of the family meetings, I got pretty irate and, well, that's when we find out it's Talus Energy, you know? And um, um, then you go down the list and, you know, Coast Guard, you gotta ask the questions. Nobody's gonna provide anything to you. Um, and if, um, one, of the, one of the interesting things is there was a couple of us at these family meetings that were really vocal and, um, by asking certain specific hard questions, uh, the other family members that, that, that really didn't have a clue, they knew what their, their individual uh, did offshore, but they, have, they had no clue as to um, the dynamics involved. And once you sit down and you explain it to the, these people, I mean, it's like, like I said earlier, we, uh, we have a huge family now because you actually sit there and you grieve with these people and you explain because of what I do, uh, I was able to explain and and and. Um, what kind of things are you talking about when you say they're asking questions? What, what are we having to, or what are you having to explain okay, to? There's one in particular family. Um, the gentleman um, was one of the cooks from Abbeville, and the family couldn't quite understand um, the dynamics of the vessel. High was upside down, and because I work on them when I went out there, I was able to understand what was the port side, starboard. So they port, they just could not understand. You know, some people, more people, some people are visual. Mm -hmm. So at one of the, after we had our family meetings, we'd have a, a supper. And I got to tell you, Galliano, Fouchon, uh, home, those uh, uh, fire stations, the people, um, it, it, unbelievable. They would cook for us after the meetings. We were, so, so we were in one of these, we were eating and they came up to them and they just could so I took a ding dong box <laughs> and I cut a box of uh, oatmeal pies in half and basically the ding dong box was the hoe and the, um, the uh, uh, oatmeal pie was the living quarters. Then I was able to explain where the legs were and once you did, the whole family understood what was going on, you know, and, and it, it gave me some peace of mind to know that I was able to share that with those people and give them an idea how the vessel was in the ground, in the mud. And, um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of, lot of things that have uh, come to light. And um, one thing uh, my son and I, we, like I said, from the very beginning, we said something good is gonna come out of this and we already, we're already going forward and we're gonna try to get some, uh, not just laws changed, but we're gonna try to get, um, we're gonna try to get something else uh, done to help our guys. And it, and it all feels big, but it is small. And when you put it in perspective and um, a lot of people just have no clue, no clue what it takes to get a barrel of oil and one MCF of natural gas out of the ground, no clue. They don't have a clue. They know people work offshore. They have no clue the danger involved on a day-to-day -day basis. You have high pressure lines. You got, I, I could go on and on. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's, um, it's an industry uh, that the, this country needs, but uh, these, these companies, uh, we, we don't want to be just a number no more. 
we 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 want uh, something in place that'll help us uh, on a go forward basis. How long do you think, Mr. Scott, you can continue the search, and at what point do you say I, I can't do this anymore? Well, last week, uh, um, along with the negativity of you know who and 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 just uh, a lot of people were really i mean we were working seven days a week unless they had we had a bad rainy day where we couldn't work you know and a lot of people were a lot of people getting tired mm -hmm. and um there was a few issues and and i, I got to the point i said you know what guys i i, I think uh, when we were working in marshall island on the west we'd all gather at my house that night we cook and whatnot and uh, i said you know I, I i think i have enough well um my son uh, was very adamant about not uh, quitting um, Ronnie Adams, Christopher Derwan, all the ladies involved. Um, they just pretty much said no. We, we, uh, Stephen Miguez and his wife, um, they're fishermen from uh, the Coco Dree area that's been with us since the beginning. And um, they all said, Mr. Scott, what you gonna do if they pick up that vessel and Dylan and the rest of the guys aren't there? How are you gonna feel then? And uh, makes you think, um, if we quit today and we have an opportunity to find somebody or find closure tomorrow, how can you quit? Um, the hardest thing is uh, I'm self-employed. I got people uh, wanting me to go back to work. And so my son and I, we, he, which my youngest works with me, and we've been kind of splitting the duties and uh, trying to make things go forward. And uh, it's been hard because uh, I feel like some days I'm getting pulled in a lot of different directions. But I'm here to tell you, this is the first time in my life that uh, I put aside work. I mean, like I said, I'm self-employed. You don't work, you don't get paid. Yeah. Um, this is the first time in my life that I put aside work for the better good. And uh, um, so the, the answer is, I don't know when I'm going to be ready to stop. Um, I said from the beginning, when, when my heart, when God tells me I got enough, you know, then, then that'll be the time. But uh, as long as uh, God willing, I'm, I'm going to keep trying to do. I mean, like I said, the marsh is so vast. The old adage, looking for a needle in a haystack, is kind of the same thing. Do you think once that, you know, you mentioned the boat, you think once that lift boat gets back and you're able to figure out what is or isn't on it, that that's going to help you guys? Well, yes, ma'am. Yeah, I think so. And, uh, you know, um, then reality really slaps you in the face, too. Uh, there's going to come a time when uh, reality's here and we just got to continue going forward. You know, I have, uh, Dylan has two sons, one's two and a half and one's one and a half. I and, was about to ask you about his family. And uh, that's going to be something that uh, my son and I are going to have to kind of, kind of fill in to make sure they don't forget their dad. Um, my daughter-in-law's She's, I mean, obviously it's been, uh, it's been rough on everybody. Have you guys all, and this is going to be a hard question, it's a hard question for me to ask, 
Have the families of those who are still missing, have you guys resigned yourself to the fact that you're, you're gonna be searching for closure versus searching for a survivor? Um, That's very hard for no, me to no, ask, no, by no, the no. way. No, 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 it's a legitimate question. Um, and I'll tell you what the premise has been all along is uh, when you look in the book, good book, um, Jesus lived in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights. So we based it, you know, we, on that and uh, we've surpassed that. Um, but then you hear of a lot of miracles throughout the world and, I, and I'm here to tell you, um, we feel, all, we, people are praying all over the world for us and uh, is that miracle gonna happen? We don't know, but if we don't stop, if we stop, we'll never know. So uh, we have to wait till the vessel comes up, and I'm sure by then um, we'll have a little bit better insight on 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 actually being able to answer that a little better, you know. So you talked. We talked about the vessel moving. Do we know when it's going to be in port or wherever it's going no, to be? We don't it, have any timeline. You know, they, they 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 claim in you know from the very beginning. I said the way this was going, it'd probably be July. But one thing everybody has to remember is the weather's always a variable, the current's always a variable, so. Um, the best news is uh, the third week of this month. Depending on the weather, will that happen? We, I mean, we got Texas that show they were in port for five and seven days at a time not being able to work because of the vessel or because of the currents. The divers couldn't get down. So um, that's one of the, the biggest variables involved. You can't fight Mother Nature. She can be very unkind sometimes. Yes, ma'am. So finally, Mr. Scott, how what can the public do to help you guys? What do you need from those people listening, from those people watching? What do you guys need? Um, continue praying for a miracle. I mean, um, and to give us strength to, uh, to follow through with the original mission, stay focused and try to bring somebody home. As you said earlier, closure to somebody. You don't know how bad I wish walking through these debris lines that um, I catch myself looking for a hand, looking for an arm. I, it's, um, it's reality. And um, it's here. Uh, but uh, again, if, if, we, if we stop today, we won't know what tomorrow holds, you know? So that's kind of kind of the game plan on a go forward basis. And uh, as far as the community helping, again, it's um, continued prayers. We have the two, um, we have the two nonprofits, Lift Acadiana and Gulf Coast Humanitarian Efforts. Um, Lift Acadiana is going strictly to all 13 families. Um, Gulf Coast humanitarian efforts is going to all our gas, lodging, fuel. I mean, we uh, the, the vessels that the people have loaned us, uh, there's issues with them sometimes, so we've been fixing them. And so that's what those money and the game plan is. Once the search is done and we feel comfortable that, okay, we did all we could, anything left will go to the families, all 13. Um, so that's kind of the kind of the game plan. Uh, I, I said that was the last question. I was lying because I do want to ask you this. Have Talus, Secor, or any of the companies that these men worked for, have they reached out? Have they offered help? What has been 
your experience with it because obviously there's a lot you know like you said talus you got Secor that was the boat and then you have what's the situation there talus energy um i'm gonna have to be careful at how i answer this but uh, to be polite uh talus energy um no one has reached out to anybody um and after the second week of the search the um actual hr guy he got fired because he was on a fishing trip in uh, florida and exposing all his tuna he was catching out and 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 not not showing up at the any of the family meetings uh, that's the talus guy that's the talus guy okay. um nobody else in the organization number two secor um they they took a lot of hard questions from us now the operations manager i feel his pain um because uh, as somebody working in the oil and gas industry you get to know a lot of these people as family mm -hmm. and um you know the captain passed away and um he was really close to that captain so i i can feel his pain but at the same time they were taking care of their people um, as far as them coming forth and helping the third party, I don't know of anything, but I will tell you this, Cardinal, uh, the, the company my son worked for, they, they are continuing um, to help my daughter-in-law, my grandsons. Um, I, I, I couldn't ask for a better outcome with them. As far as Frugo and major equipment, I, I, I really yeah. don't know, but I, I do know this, Frugo has really been um, adamant about getting as much information to their people as they can. Um, so um, um, that's kind of where it's at. Well, Mr. Scott, I certainly appreciate you being open and, and just sincere with us today. Uh, I know a lot of people, although we don't talk about it a lot, are still thinking about you guys every day and, and have you in our prayers. Um, and if there's anything that any of us can do, please let us know. And, and we certainly hope that, that you guys get what it is you need to, to well, have peace in your heart. Well, and that's, you know, by talking to the Coast Guard last night in the NTSB, one of the issues was uh, Dylan's hard hat that came up in Port Aransas. And um, technically that should be turned over to my daughter-in-law. It should have been already. Um, we don't know where it's at. Uh, NTSB said it's not, it's not their jurisdiction because it's nothing pertaining to the accident. And there's certain protocol that's supposed to be used for personal items. So um, that, w that was a, a hard hitting issue at that point in time. But um, look, like I said, we're going forward and we're gonna try to try to make it all happen and I appreciate you guys um, doing what you do. All right, thank you so much. We've been talking to uh, Mr. Scott Daspit. He is the father of Dylan Daspit, who is one of the men missing uh, following the Secor power capsizing on April 13th of this year. 10 Talks at Kadiana. Subscribe wherever podcasts are downloaded. A Star Media production.